0: Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today we are going to talk about Canada. We're going to talk about Canada because I've gotten more messages from Canadians in the last three or four days than I have in the entire time I've been doing this. And they mostly relate to just a couple of articles. Um... Those in the United States may not know this because we tend to not focus on foreign outlets, foreign news outlets. But news outlets all over the world have been running pieces speculating about what their country should do in the event of a uh, U.S. collapse, if the U.S. was to devolve into civil conflict. Now I want to start off by saying, I uh, I don't think it's really at the point where we have to start wargaming this internationally yet. Uh, I, I do see a lot of roads away from from this thing that is kind of now being treated, at least at the moment, as something that's almost inevitable. Um, but that being said, I get really mad. When people say, oh, well, it can't happen here, yes, it absolutely can. The United States is not special. It absolutely can happen here. Um, so I don't think there's any harm in kind of going through this, which is what most of the messages we're asking about, like how it would impact Canada. And Canadians are more concerned with it because they're in a special situation. They are members of NATO, and they share a giant border with the United States. Okay, so the scenario that gets presented in these articles is basically, go figure, a contested election leads to the formation of two groups. One would be the legitimate government, right? The the government that is recognized by the international community. The other would be the rebels, And that's how it would start. And yeah, sure, likely it it would start that way. It would fracture pretty quickly. Um, it, It would break up into even more groups pretty quickly in my estimation. So one of the things when Americans talk about this that tends to be overlooked is the entire rest of the world. A lot of Americans feel kind of like this would happen in a vacuum. It absolutely would not. So, I said Canada was part of NATO, and that matters because NATO would enter the conflict on the side of the legitimate government, whoever that is. Okay. Why? Because the legitimate government, the recognized government, That would be the one that controls the United States' strategic arsenal. Most of NATO relies on the U.S. and that arsenal for their own nuclear deterrent. They will come in on the side of whatever that recognized government is. Uh, The rebel side, whoever they are, um, they would be getting... Help from near-peer opposition nations, China and Russia, any nation that wanted to see the United States fail would support the rebel group or groups. This places Canada in a unique situation because NATO would probably want to use it as a staging area. If If the conflict is widespread in the United States, um, they probably wouldn't want to use military installations that are under the control of the legitimate government. They would rather stage somewhere else and move in on their own, which would make sense. Think about the way the Allies staged in the United Kingdom prior to moving into continental Europe during World War II it would be kind of similar. So you have that aspect of it. And then you have the border, which is going to create the actual issue for Can- for Canadians. Um, okay, so what would Canada want to do? Uh, the first thing is they probably want increased border security because if a civil conflict does pop off it would be super bad, A, eh, for it to spill onto the other side of the fence and, and cross over into Canada. So the border would probably be more secured. Um, by the time it was over, it would probably be militarized because of NATO wanting to use it as a staging area. Then once NATO forces moved south or or move to other installations via air or whatever, then Canada's left with its main issue. And that's going to be asylum seekers. People from the United States wanting to get out. So if it appears like this is something that's going to happen, Canada might want to start easing that ahead of time. Because we're talking about millions upon millions of people. It wouldn't be a small number. Um, So they might want to relax immigration restrictions from the United States. So those who could come early, you know, do. (laughs) So it alleviates that problem as it worsens. Um, Helps reduce the numbers that are going to come all in one big surge. So want to do that, and one of the things that Canada might want to do, I'm not 100% certain, but I think Canada doesn't allow anybody with a felony to immigrate. Understand, United States felonies and Canadian felonies are very different things. Um, So you might want to take a look at that and more uh, gear it towards stopping people with certain crimes rather than just a felony in general. Um, you'd probably want to figure out what qualifies for asylum now ahead of time, you know, before before it's needed because once it's needed, it's going to be a lot of people, a whole lot of people. So it would make sense to put in express lanes. Now, one is going to exist because it always exists. the super rich. The super rich, they're just gonna fly in, you know? fly in, rent a suite, and wait it out. Then you have the middle class, those people that have some kind of savings, the savings that might let them uh, provide for themselves for a few months. Those people need to be expedited through. They need to have an express line. And it's not because they have money. I mean, it is, but not not because you want to treat them better because they, they're they rich. It's because you don't have to expend resources for them. You can process them through, give them a map and say, go find a hotel, here's your work authorization, welcome to Canada. Those people who do not have the resources to fend for themselves for a month or two, you got to find accommodations for them, and that gets hard. So if you can alleviate that, by allowing those people that have the resources to fund themselves to do so, that's probably a really good idea. Um, Now, the other thing Canada's going to run into that uh, is... It's always surprising to people from outside the United States. Documentation. Most Americans do not have a passport. Good news is, with Canada, y'all allow... uh, americans to drive there right on a u.s. driver's license i would say as part of the processing the initial processing take their american driver's license give them a canadian one that way you have them in in the canadian system right away um if it's good enough to allow them to drive when they're visiting just give them the license that way you have documentation right from the beginning um because there won't be passports. Then you're going to have banking issues. I would think it's a good idea to make it very easy for Americans to get their currency out. You're going to have a whole bunch of people showing up. Might as well have them bring their money too, right? Um, It might even be a good idea if it does begin to look like this is inevitable. It might be a good idea to set up Accounts where Americans could, I don't know, open a savings account in Canada, um, and and do it easily, so they already have money there waiting for them. Um, Then you run into the big issue, which is securing people that are wanting to come. You're you're not going to want a giant crowd of people right outside the border because eventually one of two things happens. Something triggers them to overrun the border, um, such as a giant group of people being perceived as a target and that just forcing them to cross or something happens and then conflict ensues between the would be asylum seekers and border security. Um, So it would make sense to take border crossings and put long, long fences deep into Canadian territory, miles, so there could be lines of cars that are already in Canada, but haven't uh, gone through processing yet. So they could get, they're not capable of just going wherever, they have to go through processing first. If you have the fencing set up so they're already on Canadian soil but haven't gone through processing, it, it lessens the likelihood of somebody seeing them as an easy target. Um, and then you're going to need a bunch of conaxes, uh, shipping containers, because if Americans are fleeing a civil conflict, they're, they're going to be armed. They're 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 Americans. Um, so as they go through processing, you're, you're going to want to take their weapons. Um, and then you've got to figure out what to do with millions of firearms as well on top of the, the people. Uh, that would be the the largest concern that, that I see, would be the massive influx of asylum seekers. Um, because my guess is if that was to happen, and again, i I don't know that that is as likely as a lot of people are painting it. It's not out of the question, but I, I don't, I don't know that we're at the point where we should really be talking about this. I, I do it because I, I think it's thought exercise. Um, so, I, th- I think that's going to be the major concern for Canada is dealing with the asylum seekers. And then it will end up being a staging area for NATO because NATO is not going to allow the United States' strategic arsenal to fall into anybody's hands. Um, Not just is it bad in the sense of you don't want those types of items to be loose. NATO relies on the U.S. strategic arsenal countries aren't going to allow their own national security to be put at risk. They're, they're not going to lose their own deterrent because somebody doesn't want to admit they lost an election. That seems pretty unlikely. So anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.